Okay, so why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? I don't know. He couldn't see himself doing it. <laughs> Good one. Voila. It's a French word meaning, there it is. It's also the name of Victoire Dupre's LA-based recruiting company. As in, voila, there it is, your new head of logistics. Except, as the name suggests, Victoire is French. And it sounds much better when she says it. Voila. Voila. Anyways, on today's pod, Victoire and I talk about the story behind Voila, the differences between recruiting cultures in the U.S. and abroad, and where work trends are heading as the world slowly reopens. It's a great conversation, so let's get into it. Um, okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about Voila. I'm a, I've been a recruiter for for six years now. I was with a big recruiting firm called Michael Page before, and COVID came, and I think I felt I learned I, I learned everything I could from Michael Page, and it was time to to launch my own my own recruitment boutique. Uh, with my own style, my own rules, and my own vision. Um, so Voila Talent Matching was born in September 2020. We are focusing on sales, marketing, finance, and accounting position. And we are um, focusing in Los Angeles, mostly like California, and with a focus on Los Angeles, working with small to medium business size, mostly startups, and trying to focus on CPG, tech, media, and entertainment industries. So, um, you and your partner start Voila six months ago. Exactly. Right? I started alone and I bring on board an employee two months ago. But you've been, you've been in the industry for six years. Tell me about what really inspired you to start this. It must have been scary to leave your big firm and start your own company. I think, uh, so, um, to be honest, I was with them for six years and I was, I started with them in Paris because I'm French, obviously. Uh, so for four years and I was working with them and they, I, I asked to move countries. So they onboarded me in the Los Angeles office two years ago. So I already did so many scary challenges with them, starting all over from zero and with COVID, I was, I found myself working from home alone with my computer, without a team around me. Uh, and I was also building the finance and accounting team in Los Angeles uh, with another recruiter. I was already kind of not alone, but not in the team. So it wasn't that scary and it didn't change a lot for me uh, after six months of working from home to, to create my own. It was a bit scary to like find my style, find my marketing strategy, find my specialization, but I won't shoot all those things very easily, to be honest. You didn't expect you would have to do, but then instantly you figured out that, oh, I got to do all these things. Yes, um, especially like setting up everything. For example, uh, finding a, a good marketing strategy. I, I thought it would be very easy to find a name and find build a website and find, find a bit your style because I think it's very important for a young recruiting firm. It's a lot of, there is a lot of competition and I was helped by an agency actually uh, that did a great job and I didn't expect that it was that much work to find like a name and find like, again, your style. Uh, also finding a really good database because uh, in Michael Page, I had my, I had an internal database and now I was like, wow, there is so many databases on the market, the yeah. ATS system, and it was really hard to choose the right one um, because it's really important for a recruiter. 
And also all the challenge, like sourcing candidates, you don't have all the tools that you used to have, so you need to be very creative. Uh, so the tech part is also like uh, very important. But yeah, um, overall, it's quite easy to onboard uh, at the beginning at least. Um, and I didn't have that much challenge. The database was hard because I had to compare all, everything that was happening on the market because I'm very picky. The biggest challenge was, was the software decision. Yes, the database decision for sure. Because it's really important yeah. and to do search and to be able to find candidate quickly and to record everything that you know about candidate, client, opportunities, it's, uh, it's very important. Hello? Louis? Hey, Ben. Sorry, it's a little loud. Where are you? test driving rocket ships. You what? Rocket ships for the rocket place ad. Excuse me. What what does this button do? Oh, don't touch it? Okay. Lewis, we've talked about this. It's branding, Ben. Trust me. Hey, does this ship have windshield wipers? I told you, I think we should just explain what Rocket Place is. How we use intelligent software to pair businesses with world-class firms in everything from finance and accounting to marketing and branding, recruiting, software development, domain name buying, product design, and more. I guess we did talk about that. Yeah. So no rocket ships then? No. Are you sure? Come home, bud. Okay. Excuse me, actually. I have to go. How do I leave? Oh, I can't leave. Wait, why is the floor rumbling? Rocket Place. Find your firms, grow your business. Ben? Ben? I don't know if I'm going to make it to the office today. You've told me before that one of the things that inspired you to start Voila was that you really wanted to make recruiting fun. Tell me, tell me more about what that means. Yeah, so when I started at Michael Page, so to be honest, I came in the, I came in the recruitment industry by total chance. Uh, when I was young, I was traveling the world. I, was, I used to live like abroad all my life. I lived two years in Australia and I came back in my hometown for a wedding and I bumped into, into someone that was working at Michael Page and I introduced me to his, uh, to his boss and I got very seduced, uh, by the industry, the challenge and the role. Uh, it's not very well known, uh, to be a recruiter and I think it's one of the most challenging positions you can have. Uh, and since the beginning, I really find my style trying to differentiate myself being fun. So being fun means um, to onboard people uh, and to deal with clients in a very easy way and also, um, uh, also make it very easy, smooth and make it pleasant for, for, for clients. And that was always my style in France when I came in LA as well. And why don't you tell me a little bit more about, you know, you, you, you just said recruiting isn't easy. I don't think it's easy. I don't think anyone thinks it's easy. Actually, like, how do you do it? I mean, one of the things that I um, find incredibly challenging um, is when you're meeting 
candidates, you know, you're sourcing individuals. How do you really tell whether or not they're any good? I mean, how do you how do you think through that? What you know, how do you make sure that when you're putting candidates in front of your clients that they're they're excellent and up to the bar that you know they would expect? So for, for to find candidates, so the sourcing part is quite challenging. Um, to be honest, I use mostly LinkedIn and you have to interview, I think I interview 20, 30 candidates per week to get to know like everyone, uh, to get to build within my network. And then uh, you, I think the biggest challenge is to create a relationship with them, not just calling them when you have a position or when 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 they are interesting to you, but just build a relationship, like know who they are, what they like, what's their goal, if they are happy in the current company and like know everyone um, and know exactly what they want. So be really this networking, why is going to be a good position for them and bring them on board um, to the clients. And then you're going to really like, it depends on the level you are recruiting. If you are recruiting like junior person, you're going to have to onboard them and really support them into the whole process why this company is good for for him and find like selling point and if it's a senior level obviously it's going to be a bit more subtle you know yeah really know where they are and take news from the candidates all the time and as soon as you have a position and you think about someone you need to be proactive and you you, you usually know who's going to be a good fit for the position can you give me some examples of maybe like a a role that you're recruiting for i don't know that I really went sideways, right? And how did that happen? Yeah. So, to, for for example, uh, when I so that was uh, that was in France. Uh, I was working with Chanel. So Chanel is like a retail company, like uh, everyone knows sure. about uh, Chanel. And uh, they wanted to hire the new responsible of like account uh, accounting, um, and uh, they had like really specific uh, requirements because Chanel is a very like demanding uh, company. So they are looking for people and accountant. They are like uh, talking multiple languages or they have a very good like presentation and they had to have a retail experience for like more than 10 years in another luxury um, company like Louis Vuitton or a big competitor. And I was trying to like show them that you can find talents that are not exactly what you're looking for, but they're going to do a great job. And I ended up finding them. So I was like uh, competing with a lot of other recruiters. And I was very proud of that one because I bring on board someone that was not from the retail industry. So someone that was uh, from the media industry, actually. So completely different industry, but showing them that when someone is very like smart and really match the position and the culture of the company, you can teach them how to do retail, how to do luxury. But, um, so, and then they took the risk and this person now is still there. It's been five years that it's in Chanel. And I think it's a really good way to show that even if people have a lot of requirements and especially in the U S when I moved in the U S I saw people are going to be much more open-minded and like, um, uh, from, from the background, but here as well, people have a lot of requirements to show them that it's not always good to have that much requirements and that you can find talent that matches the company, but they are not doing at all the same, that's like the same industry or the same position. And that I think is a big challenge to show it to clients because usually they really have strong ideas about it. Well, but now I'm thinking, so you're working with Chanel in France. Now you've moved to LA. Okay. You're working with LA companies and you're working on startups. So how, how did you make that transition? 
from and 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 why? Why have you decided to focus on LA-based startups? To be to be honest, when I moved in LA, I realized really quickly that you don't have really big big company here. You have a lot of startups, small business that are starting, and they are great business when you think about it. CPG tech, uh, CPG mostly because I really like CPG, consumer product, beauty, cosmetic, food, and beverage. And uh, yeah, you have big companies here, but you mostly have startup that are very dynamic and I just adapted to the market I guess and to be honest it's much more my style to work with small company when you are able to deal with the president or the CEO directly because usually you don't have human resources or hiring manager uh, and to understand the overall culture to know all the teams to meet them go in their office they are much more accessible I think than in Chanel where Chanel I was dealing with the with the accounting responsible. But here, for example, I'm working with Fortin Harp now. It's a, it's a series C startup that is making ghee, manufacturing between ghee. Uh, and they are 11 and I'm dealing with the presidents. So I think it's much more interesting for me to, to see the overall business because I'm really passionate about business and discovering the culture. And it really means to me to work with someone and to know exactly who is going to work with, what are going to be the challenge, where is the company is going um, in terms of goal and development. Like, for example, I know the company, the company is going to do really great and they're going to recruit in the future and I'm going to be able to know all the team members. Where when I was working in big company in France, I was like recruiting someone for, for sure, but it was so big that I, don't, I didn't have control on everything. You know, and I was also yeah. competing with a lot of recruiter and I was also competing with the hiring manager of the company. Um, where here I feel much more important for clients. I just feel more valuable. I'd like to ask you your advice for, you know, potential clients out there, you know, companies that are looking to hire or thinking about hiring and maybe they're considering hiring a recruiter to work with, an outside recruiter. You know, what are the things that they should be asking themselves when they're trying to evaluate whether or not they should hire a recruiter at all. And then which, which, you know, let's say they meet multiple recruiters. How do they decide which recruiter to work with? Yeah, that's a really hard part. So as you know, most of the recruiters, they don't work retained. They work contingency. So usually you are in competition with other recruiters. So it's very hard and challenging to my point of view for a company to choose the right recruiter because you need to choose someone that is going to be very interesting by your business, but also by... Um, if there is a good fit. And I think um, it's important for them to talk to more than one recruiter to see a bit like who is like very specialized and everything. But the challenge for me for those companies is to find the person that is like technically really good, uh, that has the, the knowledge of the of the position they're going to hire for, but also the, the good fit, um, being very reactive, being very supportive to them because it's a long process. And let's say that uh, the recruitment is one of the most key, uh, most important uh, thing for a company. It's really, really important. And sometimes people, they just go with the cheapest recruiter um, because, again, it's, it's a very, very big fee usually for recruitment. But I think they should, they should really go for the one they have the fit with because... It's, it's like a real investment and usually you have a warranty period. And I think the recruitment is, uh, we don't, we don't know enough that is the most important thing for a company. Um, selling is important. Having a good product is important, but having the right people is really important as well. And that's an interesting thing about warranties. So tell me about how you think through that. 
So the guarantee, so for me, uh, at Michael Page, we had two or three month guarantee depending on clients. Me, to be honest, I think, uh, I think the fee is so important that we should be able to give back the money if it's not working. Because usually the, the, the medium fee in the US is like 20K, 30K, okay, between 20 and 30K for like a manager, for example. And for me, it's a huge amount of money and we should be able to give it back if it's not working. You know, uh, and again, if you did a great job and it's not your fault, they're going to hire you again. So you can, you, you're going to get the, the feedback, right? But the option that the company can have the money back, I think it's really important because me, what I want is that the client is paying for a big fee for sure. But I also want that the client is really happy on a long-term basis. And, um, and this money back guarantee is very secure for them because they don't take yeah. really any risk. And when you know you're doing a great job, usually you don't have those kind of problems. Me, to be honest, I never had to deal with quarantine in my career. Or like maybe yeah. once or two, but to be honest, I don't remember a lot. In France, I did it twice. I think in the US, never. Never, because yeah. you just, you're being so careful about your recruitment and you don't want to, you don't want to go through that. And it's usually the hard part and all the clients are very afraid of this. I, I think that's awesome around the on the guarantee, and I, I could totally see how that gives potential clients a lot of peace of mind. I'm, I'm just wondering though, like you must see stories or hear about other recruiters that aren't great. I mean, what are the red flags? What are the questions that I should be asking as I meet recruiters to help you know to understand, like you know what, this doesn't sound right. You don't sound like you know what you're doing, or there's red flags here. What should I be watching out for? For me, the red flag, the first red flag is the recruiter is going to tell you, okay, uh, I'm going to send you maximum like 10 resume. For me, there is no maximum. You need to send resume until the client is happy. Like if the client wants to meet 30 candidates, you're going to tell him uh, it's a bit too much. You're going to lose time. And I'm going to be much more specific than that. And I'm going to send you the right client, the right candidate. But if the, like some recruiter that give a maximum resume or a maximum interview, for me, it's a bit cheap. I think you should be able to support the client, especially for startup, from beginning to end until the recruitment is done and even after, you know. So um, this is a bit of a red flag. Uh, another red flag for me is um, a short guarantee period. That means yeah. usually that, um, like for me, to be honest, I'm, I'm very comfortable with giving Usually I do three months because I really think that in three months you are really able to see if it's going to work. But I give a lot of flexibility around that. If it's three months and a half, I'm not going to say, look, it's been 15 days. You should have done 15 days before. I really want to partner on the long term and this flexibility. So on the contract is three months, but I'm giving it. I never, I never really had the chance to do it because I never really activate guarantee, but I'm sure that I will do it because Again, it's a big fee and, and it's really important. So the shopper guarantee and the maximum resume for me are two red flag. And also uh, the reactivity. If the recruiter is not responsive, um, if the recruiter is not available for you, and I don't think it's a really good sign. Uh, just for example, tomorrow I have a client that is in Europe and I have a call at 5 a.m. It's the only way we can do it. I'm going to wake up. And for me, this is dedication and this is really important. Um, and I think it's different from a lot of other recruiters, you know, even if you are dealing with like 10 positions at the same time, you should be able to give time for your clients and to really like adapt with shadow because they have so much to do. And usually you are dealing with like CEO or CFO or sales director. You need to, to find time for them for sure. 
I bet a lot of clients, you talked about timing earlier, I bet a lot of clients will ask the question of how long do you think it's going to take to hire for this role? Is there like a rule of thumb that you think most searches should take or is every search different? Every search is different, but I think the the thing you need to answer from that is uh, first, it depends on you. I, it's a collaboration. If I'm sending you great resume and great candidates and I don't have any response for in the in in, a, in the week, for example, we're gonna lose them. So for me, a good recruitment is a good team with in between the recruiter and the and the company. That's really important. Um, and also, usually there is not really timing that you need to give. I think it depends on the market. It depends on who you find. But usually, I'm very reactive to to introduce candidate and to organize interview and and to close the deal for sure. But it's it's for me it's a lot about about teamwork and reactivity like uh, i'm gonna send you a candidate and you're gonna answer me straight away yes no let's meet them very soon and um and then and then we go from there it needs to be very flowy you know but usually a recruitment in the u.s is between three and four weeks i would say in between in in the timing of the sourcing again it depends on the client and the position but that's that that's pretty much what i do between three and four weeks Hey, do you like our show? I do too. If you want to support the Startup Stack, the best way to do that is by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Also, send dad jokes, or if you have them, actual good jokes, to podcast at rocketplace.com. Feel free to send us feedback there too. Are there any things that you wish clients knew before they start working with a recruiter or they start working with you? Uh, I wish they knew how hard it is to 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 find good candidates, and when they have good candidates, sometimes they're not very responsive. I wish they knew sometime, like for example, last week I had a client that had a really good fit with one of my candidates. I know it's the perfect hire, but he wants to see more candidates, and usually, sometimes it can be, most of the time, it can be a mistake because you are you are losing the important and the candidate can feel frustrated because he thought it was a really good fit, but the, can, the client needs to see more. So yeah, I wish they knew how hard it is to find a good fit, uh, uh, someone that is fitting the culture, the position, the commute, everything. It's, uh, it's, it's really challenging. And some, some people, they don't really, they don't really value that. And, and it's a bit frustrating for us sometimes because we know exactly what we're doing. We have the situation all the time and they don't know. So obviously it's hard for them, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's very important. You're talking about commutes. So I think that's a great transition to us talking about kind of trends and what's going on in the world. You know, obviously 2020 was a huge change, right? Uh, Everyone has been remote. How are you seeing now at the beginning of 2021, how, how is recruiting changing even from 2020? Are people still very focused on, remote or is that starting to seem different um what are your clients talking about what are your candidates talking about it's uh, so from the candidate perspective uh everyone wants to work from home i think um to tw- like some people misses the office but what we can say is that everyone enjoyed this flexibility uh, of being able to work from home um and like organize their schedule as they want it um, and all the candidates, they want to keep this flexibility. And most of the candidates, they are open and very, very open to half 
work from home half office. The ideal for everyone is like two, three weeks, two, three days, sorry, per week at home, like organize my schedule and like focusing on, on some stuff. And then one, one, one to two days per week at the office to obviously keep the culture up, meet the team, which is like, I think really important. So yeah, from a Canadian perspective, this is the ideal schedule. From a client perspective, you can see a lot of clients that also uh, really like this work from home vibe and they are, they, they, they are recruiting like fully remote. Uh, and they are even open to more talents, which is really great because it opens a lot of new candidate perspective. You know, for example, for a, I'm working now for a young startup in tech and they're like, I'm very open. The person can be obviously in the US, but in New York, in California, um, in, in Texas, I really, I'm really open. And I think it's great and very open-minded to be like this because they're going to open the possibility to much more candidates. How has that affected you? Like, and the way you source, are, are, you know, I imagine you're, you know, you were LA based, you were building a very strong network in LA and are now you sourcing candidates from all over the country, maybe all over the world. Yes, exactly. So for me, it's much more possibility, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of traditional and I'm, I'm, I keep my focus on LA because I can also see that most of the company, they are very open, but they're also telling me, yeah, but it would be better if it's California based for the time. For, for also the fact that he can drive some time to the office to meet the, the team. I think it's important. So even if people are very open and some companies are more open than others, they are already built on this, on this, uh, on this system. And like the CEO is in San Francisco, the sales is in, in, in New York. So if you deal with a company that you can, they are very open. But for a company that used to have an office and everyone is in LA, I think it's better to have someone in LA to keep like the, the teamwork and to be able to meet people in person, because even if there is a lot of new technology like Zoom or e-meeting or, or like all of this, I think like nothing replaced like a, an incentive or a meeting with people in person. And I'm, I'm, I'm keeping focusing on LA, but obviously for some position where I, when I see that the company is very open to that and that's in their culture, I'm very open. So I'm much more open right now to talk to a candidate that is like in New York or in Texas. Before I was like, oh no, this person is living in New York. I'm not even going to deal with that. But now I'm yeah. more open because I know that in the future I could have opportunities uh, remote. So I love talking to people and people are much more open also to move. So that's really opened my, my perspective and I really like it. I think it's much better because you can see more talent and more possibilities and you can also be more proactive with the client, oh, you know, this person lives in New York, but to be honest, she's great. And I think with today you have, you have the tools to onboard someone from New York, you know. Obviously a big topic is around diversity. Let's say it's uh, you, um, for companies out there, maybe advice where, you know, diversity is very important to them. Um, do you have any tips for what could help them recruit um, people from more diverse backgrounds? Yes, go to a recruiter. <laughs> no, it's true to be honest because we know everyone, and uh, and it's also like they, uh, they don't really ask for diversity because it's like it's still discrimination, it's positive discrimination, so they they cannot really do that. But uh, any tips is just to open their mind and to like um, to go to a recruiter that is open mind because not everyone is open mind, and that they are able to like bring person from different background. And I already had client that, that were asking me, you know, we have a lot of like, 
the, the, the culture right now is, is, is this way because we have a lot of people from the same background or, and we would like to diverse it a bit. And I think we know, we know everyone and we have a network very, very developed. So we are able to bring this, this, uh, this diversity. And that's also a good point to go through a recruiter, I think, because we, again, we know people and we are specialized and, uh, and it's a good, it's a good way to bring new people, you know, when the hiring manager is not like internal to the company also, it's more open-minded, I think. So it's, it's already a good tips. I know that Voila has only been around six months, but if you could go back six months, 12 months, um, and give yourself a piece of advice before you started Voila, what would be the advice that you would give to yourself? Uh, don't overthink. Uh, at the beginning, um, I was really focusing on, as I told you, like putting in place uh, database. But you realize that if you if you trust yourself and just start to do it and start to work very very quickly, because I think I, at the beginning I was really focusing on I need that my strategy my marketing strategy is perfect before I start. Uh, to, to speak for voila, you know, and I think I should have just done it since the beginning. I lost a bit of a time uh, on like putting in place, but I think it's when you really work and when you really start to do it that you see what you need to adjust um, and just start it and improve it. Don't make it perfect to start it. Just start speaking with candidates, try, um, explain your background, explain what you did before like waiting that everything is perfect to start. I think I lost one or two months because of it. And, uh, and I think this is, this is true for all the businesses. Just start work, try fail, and then, then adapt and then come back, uh, instead of like making the, trying to make the perfect product and then sell it. Like, I think it's feedback is gift. And I had a lot of feedback after that and I had to change things still. So I think the feedback of the customer is going to help you to improve it either if you make an agency or a product or anything. Well, thank you, Victoire. This has been great. I really loved learning about uh, more about you, all your tips for recruiting and hearing more about Voila. It was awesome. So thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> well, it was great speaking to you. For more on our conversation today, visit www.rocketplace.com slash podcast. We upload a new episode every week. So if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to the Startup Stack in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to them. Thanks again for joining us. See you next week. The Startup Stack, written and edited by Hannah Levy, produced by Leah Jackson.